HE News, episode number 23. Welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. We're here again in Studio 604, and this week we've got more on the tale of Andrew Wakefield. Welcome back to another episode of Health Empowerment News. I'm here in beautiful British Columbia, downtown Vancouver, with Croft Woodruff. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Croft, and uh, good to be back again. This is our second episode after our rather long hiatus. Yes, uh just the way things work out. And uh, I guess we'll just review what we're going to talk about uh, so um, people can uh, know what's going on. We're going to talk a little bit about the new book that the Mayo Clinic is bringing out. Uh, it's called uh, Science-Based Home Remedies, I believe. And uh, they basically looked at all the science behind commonly held beliefs about uh, home remedies. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about more... Dr. Andrew Wakefield mm-hmm. and what's been going on with uh, that uh, little <laughs> bit of news there. Yeah. And uh, then also Dr. Sherry Tenpenny and what she thinks uh, about the childhood vaccines and what you should consider if you're considering vaccinating your child and the resources and, the, and who to talk to and where to look for information. Yes. So uh, let's start with the Mayo Clinic's uh, book. What what are your thoughts, your initial thoughts on that? I know you haven't. Uh, I could tell you this that even before I cracked it open, I would I would I have an idea of what the contents would be, and I would say virtually uh, nothing good to say about home remedies not supported by their science, and that would be the long and short of it. Mm-hmm. There's a a blog that uh, focuses. It's called Science Based Medicine, and it's a, kind of an anti quackery book. So you mm-hmm. know right away where they're coming from, mm-hmm. or a website, I should say. And uh, the author of this post at uh, www.sciencebasedmedicine.org uh, is writing a little review of of the book, and he says at first he thought that this was going to be a big, uh, you know. Uh, uh, infestation of of quackery into the uh, prestigious Mayo Clinic, and he was really concerned. And after he looked at the uh, the book, he says that he can't find anything to be too critical about. And basically, they talk about uh, in the book they go over uh, everything from acne to airplane ear, uh, bed bugs, boils, bronchitis, dandruff, depression, diabetes. Warts, wrinkles, and wrist pain. Airplane ear? <laughs> well, you can you can uh, you can get airplane ear just by driving up uh, to uh, Mount uh, Seymour, up to where the uh, the TV and television transmitters are, at about the four thousand foot level or something like that. You'll have airplane ear, and what you do is uh, hold your nose and blow. Yeah, it's called the Valsalva maneuver. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, scuba divers know that one very well. Yes. And uh, so the book starts off uh, with uh, each entry consists of description and the problem uh, of the problem and its symptoms, treatments that you can try at home, and then when to seek professional medical help. And uh, basically, uh, the uh, I, was, I saw this on the news last night, and the doctor that was involved said that the one thing that he was surprised the most was the saline solution is good for. He said many, many things that he was just, he was surprised to see that there's evidence for, to support that. Well, that's why you, when you go into hospital, you can be, they'll hook you up to a diuretic uh, if, for whatever reason. And uh, I, I know of that experience. And uh, when they do that, it, it causes you to pass water like Niagara Falls. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, they got, uh, they, they give you uh, two, uh, what they call pee bottles to contain the urine. Uh, I guess they figure you're going to really fill them up uh, during the night. <laughs> God, what an experience. Yeah, and uh, it, it goes on to say uh, things like uh, garlic for uh, 
blood, uh, sorry, blood levels of cholesterol mm-hmm. and high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they say that there, yes, there is some evidence for, for, uh, for cholesterol, mm-hmm. but not for, uh, high blood pressure and things like that. And then it also goes on to say, uh, don't use high doses of vitamin C for things like gout and all this kind of stuff. Really? But, I mean, you're a big proponent of using high doses of vitamin C for a number of, of different... Uh, I've taken as much as uh, 20 grams uh, in two liters of water and uh, and drink it down uh, a big uh, glass at a time, you know, and slowly, but to bring it down. And that's worked very well as a laxative and uh, without affecting my blood pressure, my equilibrium, uh, my trend of thought, or whatever. Just felt 100%. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll tell you something else that is not generally known about uh, uh, vitamin C, is that uh, about 25 grams apparently can knock out a $200 um, opium addiction. Mm-hmm. That was the uh, that was what Doctor Hopper was doing in Saskatchewan. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was dealing with with alcoholics and and yeah, uh, and it can help with that. And of course, uh, for people who are suffering from uh, uh, schizophrenia can benefit from uh, high doses of niacin. And that's how he found out that niacin uh, actually lowered cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And is any of this work, um, you know, the studies by people like Hoffer and, and uh, uh, Linus Pauling and, and, and the Shute brothers, that, you know? Yeah, the, all of this has been published in, in scientific journals. Might not, it, have, might not have uh, ended up in, uh, say, a journal published by the Mayo Clinic, but uh, certainly uh, medical journals, nevertheless, uh, I think the Canadian Medical Journal published some, some things uh, relative to the Shute brothers and, uh, and some other Canadian doctors that found some interesting things about uh, vitamins uh, and, and minerals. And, uh, but is this kind of work, is this something that would be included in, in a book like this, uh, Home Remedies, What You Can not Do likely. the Most Common Health Problems? That's no. the name of the book, The Mayo yeah. Clinic book no. of home remedies no you wouldn't uh, if anything they would be knocking uh, the vitamins uh, as i have noticed well a perfectly good example is vitamin c i have yet to find anything in the united uh, in the pardon me the uh, literature the scientific literature medical literature to be more precise that uh, validates that uh, taking massive doses of vitamin c is dangerous not even fatal of course, I mean, fatal is the ultimate danger, isn't it? Fatality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's nothing like that. Uh, and uh, we can look at uh, this recent incident in uh, New Zealand where this man was dying from H1N1 flu. Dying from H1N1 flu. And mm-hmm. everything that uh, all that was in their medical uh, bag of tricks in the New Zealand hospital, in, the, in Auckland hospital, couldn't do anything for the man, and they wanted to take him off life support, which they had him on. He was in that bad a shape. And uh, his family, his, uh, his uh, brothers and children and his, uh, his parents wouldn't hear of it. They said, try vitamin C. 200 grams of uh, vitamin C administered intravenously twice a day. Oh, that wouldn't work. Well, have you tried it? No. Well, then how can you say it doesn't work? Uh, it's too dangerous. How do you know? Have you tried it? No. Then you can't say it's too dangerous. And it was quite a struggle. And finally, they uh, they got around to giving him one gram of vitamin C IV. And guess what? They noticed a slight improvement. They couldn't deny that. So eventually, they had him up to 75 grams, and he really improved. Then they moved him to another hospital, met in, and of course, the hospital administrator there had gone along with this, but he went somewhere else. New guy came in and he canceled all that. Doesn't work. What are you talking about? And they really had, they had to go to a lawyer and show that uh, they have no right to deny. This is a New Zealand constitution. They have no right to to deny a person access to a therapy that they uh, believe and of which they have evidence to show is of benefit. 
And so they reneged, or I should not renege, they, they gave in, mm-hmm. and uh, they started giving him higher doses. They were doing, they kept him at the 75-gram level and then a little higher, if I recall. And the long and the short of it, he uh, got rid of all this evidence of flu, and uh, there was another benefit uh, that he uh, was uh, uh, able to uh, enjoy thanks to the high doses of vitamin C. Uh, while they were trying to deal with uh, the H1N1 uh, virus flu, swine flu, I guess it is, he had signs of leukemia. Hmm. And He was diagnosed with leukemia? Yes, he, was, he had uh, signs of, of uh, leukemia onset. Those symptoms all disappeared as well. Very interesting. There's now, a- for those who say taking too much vitamin C is dangerous, I would say not taking any vitamin C is dangerous too. Mm-hmm. More dangerous. Well, you've talked about how we're one of the only creatures on the planet that don't produce our own vitamin C. Yeah, well, we have uh, the uh, the ape family and the orangutans, the great apes, uh, all the monkey tribe. None of them that I uh, I don't even know if there is an exception of, uh, but they all do not have the ability to make vitamin C in their liver. That also goes for a fruit eating bat. It also goes for a guinea pig. Uh, a species of fish apparently can't make its own vitamin C, like a flounder or something like I'm that. I'm not too sure uh, what the fish is, and. Um, I think that is about the long and the short of it as far as uh, critters that can't make their own vitamin C besides human beings. And so we have to get it from our diet. And uh, and I guess people who have a taste for liver but don't take vitamin C and, or didn't know about it, you know, uh, 50 or maybe 100 years ago, uh, were doing themselves a favor eating uh, beef or pork or chicken liver. And I imagine even you can eat fish liver too for that matter. So uh, there it is. So it's high on, in vitamin C. It's high in vitamin C and and other B vitamins and minerals such as uh, that we need, such as iron, uh, and uh, and so on. Hmm. So you know, it's just amazing uh, how these things are not thought out. It, it really, it really flabbergasts me when all their scientific knowledge that they can overlook something as simple as that. Mm-hmm. The very fact that we can't make it, it has to be in our diet if we are going to survive. And without it, the, the scurvy is one sign, but I would suggest that, that that's the end stage. You're now dying for a lack of vitamin C, or in the case of the New Zealand man, uh, because uh, you're dying because you can't overcome this flu, and everything in the medical armamentarium is not able to deal with it, but along comes good old vitamin C, and bingo, it's gone not to mention the symptoms of uh, onset leukemia. So, I mean, this is a lesson in itself, but nobody seems to want to follow up on it. It should have been on the front pages of uh, our Vancouver Sun. So an animal that does produce vitamin C when they're under stress, like a goat under stress, is that... They'll produce uh, something like uh, several grams, I think in the neighbor of maybe a a hundred grams or more in a very short period of time if they're under stress. They They will synthesize it. And they have the metabolism to do it, but mm-hmm. we don't. And when we're under stress, our needs for vitamin C can go up, I guess, exponentially, really. Shock, mm-hmm. stress, you know, serious injury. And of course, shock goes with the injury. So the, the first thing we should be doing is giving a person an IV of vitamin C when they're in shock uh, instead of some of these other drugs uh, that have serious side effects. I believe it was uh, Linus Pauling that said that he believes it's a defect, a genetic defect that we don't produce vitamin C. Yeah, it may very well be because uh, there are those who believe that we evolved from the apes. They are are our closest uh, relative uh, and uh, they can be pretty intelligent animals as far as, uh, but sometimes I think they're more intelligent than mankind because they're smart enough to stay in the jungle and and make do living there. (laughs) True, true. So, uh, yeah, do you have anything else to say about, uh, you know, this topic about the book and, and what people should be? Well, this at seems and- to correspond uh, a trend that's been showing or surfacing recently in the media, the knocking of natural medicine, the natural, the knocking of no organic foods versus, uh, foods that are grown, grown commercially with chemicals. Uh, and of course, the, no- the knocking of vitamins and, and minerals and uh, that there's no evidence to show this out of the other thing. 
ignoring all kinds of, uh, of, uh, of scientific literature, which in fact says the opposite. These are very important and should not be ignored. And when you look at it from the standpoint, the most after the oil companies, what are the most powerful uh, industries in the world? It is the pharmaceutical industries. And uh, they buy and sell politicians like you'd buy commodities on the stock market. They finance their election campaigns. And the result is that you see these laws coming out, knocking uh, food uh, uh, you know, inspection, uh, uh, taking away the regulations that uh, protect us from uh, certain chemicals and things like that, uh, requiring stronger drug regulations. All of these are by the board. And what do we see? We have people dying from drug overdoses or uh, and, and or drug misuse by the doctor, not knowing that they're using the wrong drug for uh, for for whatever the uh, application they're giving it. You know, it's just unbelievable. Uh, I can tell you this: I know for a fact that in our hospitals in BC, that somewhere somebody is getting uh, a, a antibiotic uh, IV uh, for an infection they don't have. Mm -hmm. I know because that happened to yours truly. And only because I questioned the nurse who was ready to administer it, what was that for? And he said, oh, it's, a, it's an antibiotic. And I said, antibiotic? I don't have any infections. Oh, he says, oh, yes, you have a urinary tract uh, uh, or, or bladder infection. I said, no, I don't. I would certainly know if I did have one. So he went back. This is in the emergency of the hospital. Uh, I'd had a trans ischemic, or it was a transient ischemic attack where you have a little bit of dizziness and the loss for getting some words out. And they ask you, uh, you know, your name, your birthday, and so on. And it was only for a few seconds, but they put me right into emergency. And I had this happen before. I've had several now that, that I've seen uh, uh, some of the brain scans that they've done, and I'm going to have some more done. Uh, I mean, after all, I'm, I'm 76 going on 79 in August. I mean, I've... 70, I, 76 going on 79? Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> maybe longer than that. No, 77 in August. There you are. Maybe I had a little TSA there or TIA, whatever. The bottom line is this, that at 76, I've already, and where I am now, I've already passed uh, the, the lifespan of the average Canadian male. They're usually gone by 76 years of age. You know, and except for this uh, potential for a brain hemorrhage and a, a stroke, uh, you know, and and I I know what to do about that. And of course, I've over my lifetime I've had falls where I've given my head a real bad whack, and uh, and in fact, right in the area of the of the of the skull in the brain where these things do occur. So they're looking for my heart's okay, my carotid arteries okay, uh, my lungs are okay, everything else is okay, but it's in my brain, and uh, my cholesterol levels apparently are okay. So uh, they want to give me a baby aspirin to keep my blood from there. Well, well, I can take uh, vitamin E for that, and I just have to increase it to uh, a higher level than what I have been taking. Mm -hmm. And, of course, keep my vitamin C levels up, too. So there it is. So now that you know my medical history, uh, uh, you can do with it as you will. Oh, that Woodruff, he's just a sham. <laughs> <laughs> But the bottom line is, is that there is an attack against uh, uh, not only natural medicine, but uh, orthomolecular medicine. Orthomolecular medicine means using the right molecule uh, for the right uh, condition. And, and that means vitamins and minerals, amino acids, uh, certain hormones, uh, such as thyroid hormone, uh, certain uh, uh, enzymes, uh, certain fatty acids, uh, sterols, and so on. I mean, that's pretty well the list, and I'm sure uh, there's a couple more that I haven't thought of. And uh, the, the bottom line is, is that that's what they're after because they fear the competition. You know, if you've got a license to sell drugs, and that's just about the way it is uh, uh, in North America and I'm sure in Europe and in the rest of the world, it's a license to print money. And, uh, and this is one reason why it's to big pharma's advantage to cut back on the use of vitamins and force people to use drugs instead, when for every drug that is out there, there is, I'm sure, a vitamin and a mineral option. One of the reasons why people are suffering heart attacks uh, is not because of cholesterol, but because they lack 
sufficient magnesium in their diet. They're not getting enough fruit and vegetables that are high in magnesium. And the fact is, is that magnesium regulates your heartbeat. It is a muscle relaxant. And if you take nothing but calcium for your bones, you're asking for trouble. You should be taking exactly the same amount of magnesium that you are taking in, in calcium. And the intake should be an excess, I think, of 1,200 uh, or better milligrams of calcium as calcium citrate and the, an equal amount, 1,200 plus milligrams of magnesium as magnesium citrate. And if you get some potassium and uh, some uh, uh, zinc, uh, and um, a wee bit of manganese in there, and, uh, and selenium, uh, then you're doing yourself a big favor if it's in the formula. And there are some very good brands that come in hard shell gelatin capsules in powder form so that they are emulsified very quickly uh, in, your, in your food and stomach juices when you're eating these things, and then you are assured uh, of better absorption in the gut. And from the gut, I should say. So at what point would you recommend someone to take a supplement versus just ensuring it's in their diet? Because I would start any time now. Hmm? You mentioned fruits and vegetables. Yeah, well, they should be eating lots of green salads and colored salads and lots of colored vegetables. Everything like the, the red, green and yellow and orange peppers uh, and uh, the onions uh, and uh, 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 the garlic, of course. And, uh, and, and all these different leafy vegetables, the spinach leaves that you see in the, the supermarket. Now, you see all these, and a lot of them are organic too, I notice. And, and, you know, in a nice, uh, uh, oil and vinegar or, or wine, uh, and uh, oil uh, dressing that is uh, flavored with some nice herbs and that sort of thing. You're doing yourself the biggest favor. You know, and it's funny. I, I have to give White Spot a plug. They have a spot salad and it's a salad like that. It has these in it. The only thing I think they need to do is put in some a lot of uh, peppers in there as well. But they also have sunflower seeds and uh, and pumpkin seeds, and uh, it really makes a very nice salad to go with the meal. Hmm. You know. So if somebody is ta is uh, taking care of themselves with their really good, rich diet and vegetables and, mm -hmm. and fruits and and everything that they should be doing. Do you recommend still taking a magnesium and calcium I, I, supplement? I would definitely recommend that they take a calcium and magnesium supplement. Uh, if, they are, if they can find, a, and I'm sure they can find a, a physician that practices orthomolecular medicine, they should ask if uh, they can have a test for, for mineral level. You'll have to pay for it because it won't be covered by Medicare. But have a test for your mineral balances in the body to see what you're short on. Mm -hmm. And you can have what they call a chelation challenge. And they put a chelating material, a chemical that is non-toxic. They put it through you, and, and it will it will take minerals out of your body, and you can see what the ratio is. And uh, the bottom line is, and they know what you are lacking and what you need to be putting into your diet. And I mean, that's as far as the minerals are concerned. Now, it does pay to uh, take vitamin C because you don't make it anyways, and, and this just might be your needs are not enough uh, to be met, or, or I should say, are not are much greater rather than what would be met by, uh, by a, a good uh, vegetarian diet, uh, even a 100% vegetarian diet. So it would be a good idea to take extra vitamin C. And definitely, as far as I'm concerned, vitamin E. And uh, vitamin D particularly is very important. Vitamin A and D, uh, vitamin D itself, they know it has reversed cancer. I can tell you, this was published in, uh, in the Canadian Medical Journal uh, not too long ago, within the last couple of years, work that's being done uh, in, uh, in uh, the Mount Sinai Hospital in, uh, in Toronto. And they had uh, several men, I think it was about 14 or 15, I could be wrong on that, it might even be more, who were all on, uh, suffering from prostate cancer. They were given uh, 4,000, 5,000 uh, international units of vitamin D. Uh, and this is natural vitamin D. Uh, which you can get very easily in your health food uh, store from a reputable brand like Natural Factors. And the bottom line is that uh, those cancers disappeared. Hmm. And they're now, they now know that vitamin D protects against cancer. So when we're warned about the sun causing cancer because of too much sunshine, actually it's the reverse. Not enough sunshine can make us vulnerable to cancer. 
And if you're concerned about getting too much sunshine, well, besides, I wouldn't use sunscreens because when people make the mistake when they sunbathe, just go and have a shower right away. They're not giving the oil on your skin, which is number seven dehydrocholesterol, which is the same cholesterol in your bloodstream. And uh, the interaction of the uh, the vitamin, uh, I'm sorry, the, the ultraviolet B rays from the sun interact with that and change it into a, a form of vitamin D, I guess it's a preform, which when absorbed into the skin, into the lower levels of the uh, lower la layers of the skin, is converted into vitamin D as we know it. And uh, so if we have a bath right after uh, uh, sunbathing, we're making a big mistake. We should uh, we should be stinkers and uh, and uh, give ourselves a couple <laughs> of hours before we bathe, so that we absorb that uh, that gift of nature. Wow, that's very interesting. Uh, I guess the key is not to be exposed to the sun to the point where you burn. Is oh, that of course not. I mean, let's be uh, you know no more than about I would say twenty minutes maximum mm -hmm. out in the sun with full body exposure, and then uh, get in the shade or and uh, put on some uh, nice light uh, cotton clothing that help you keep cool, you know, and sit under a, a nice umbrella or a nice shady spot. That's all you have to do. And I'll tell you one thing else, that uh, vitamin C is very good to help uh, you uh, protect against uh, sunburn. It's a powerful healing agent. Anytime I cut myself, I increase my vitamin C, and I heal up very quickly. I had a laugh uh, when I was on these IVs, and they pull out the IV, you know, or put a new one in, and guess what? The good old vitamin uh, uh, C caused the uh, healing to occur very quickly. My blood dried up very quickly and uh, didn't have to keep a bandage on all day or something like that. Cool. Hang on one second. Okay, so a lot of that information is is uh, really good to know about vitamin C and vitamin D and magnesium and calcium and all this stuff that we that we need to know, and that's why we're doing this show. Health empowerment, health indeed. empowerment news, and I just want to also say before we get into the next segment is like we said last week, uh, in dealing with these kind of issues, uh, we're doing this show for informational purposes, and that always. Always see a qualified health professional when you're talking, when you're thinking about these kind of issues and what you want to do and mm -hmm. take action with your, your health care decisions. And it can be a medical doctor, it can be a naturopath, it can be uh, whoever you want to see, but uh, make sure you're getting advice from people that are trained and qualified. In these fields, absolutely. In these fields, yes. But if you have a medical doctor uh, who knows nothing about vitamins and, in fact, uh, dismisses them, um, I would be inclined to uh, not just walk away, but run away and find somebody who does agree with the use of uh, supplementation and, of course, the, knowing the importance of, of diet. Because it isn't just, uh, you know, uh, three squares a day. It's what's in those three squares. Mm-hmm. And Valerie went for, uh, when she was looking for a new doctor, she found one that actually uh, kind of is, she's a medical doctor and she is very open to orthomolecular medicine. Mm -hmm. And she went there uh, for a number of different issues. And you should have seen what her, what she was prescribed. And uh, it wasn't the typical stuff you'd expect. It was high doses of uh, um, uh, 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 omega-3 and um, essential uh, fatty acids, yeah. Essential fatty acids, a, mm -hmm. a very uh, good um, dose and uh, vitamin C and, mm -hmm. and, and all sorts of things. It was all, it was, uh, I was, I looked at the list. I'm like, wow, yeah, you know. Yeah. See, magnesium, by the way, is very important uh, for uh, birthing because mm -hmm. it helps to uh, relax the birth canal. So if you're getting enough magnesium in your diet, it would be an easy thing. You know, I can remember uh, when uh, my sister-in-law uh, had her first baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, she, on the, in the birthing room, and the doctors and the nurses said, uh, are you okay? Oh, she's munching on an apple. And the ba delivering the baby, and it just came away so easy. No pain, no discomfort. 
mm-hmm. just like that. That was her first baby. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing with the second baby and the same thing with the third baby. And now they are adults and uh, they are, uh, you know, they've got, uh, uh, the oldest has got a 24 year old son and, uh, and I guess a, uh, 15 year old daughter. And, uh, and the, the next oldest, uh, she's, uh, she's got a, uh, I guess about a 20, uh, uh, year old daughter. And, um, and another one that's about maybe 10 years old, another daughter. And, uh, my, my grandnephew, he's got a 14 year old son. He's got, uh, uh, let's see, he's got three daughters. Uh, the oldest one is about uh, 12. These girls are very musical. It's going to be very interesting. They have two pianos, including the one that I gave them. And it was the piano that my mother had bought for my brother and I. And uh, I'm sure glad they've got them. And then they went and adopted a little Indian baby. Maybe he's about, I guess he was about three or four months when they got him. And he'll have a great future. Very cool. And speaking of babies, uh, we're moving on to the main topic of this episode, which is Dr. Wakefield and and uh, everything that's been going on mm-hmm. with uh, the attack on his work and his fight to, you know, vindicate himself. And uh, there's a, I'll post on the show notes uh, of this episode uh, on Natural News. They did a series of uh, video interviews with uh, Dr. Wakefield and his response to the uh, everything that's been going on. He's been interviewed by, uh, Dr. Gary Null for one. Yep. Well, he's been interviewed by in the mainstream media Mm -hmm. by a number of journalists who are largely uninformed Mm -hmm. on, on, uh, on the issue. Mm -hmm. And he was, you know, asked a series of rapid fire questions, uh, um, you know, accusing him Mm -hmm. of, uh, fraud being a quack and Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And, basically not giving him the opportunity to answer any of the questions properly. Mm-hmm. By uh, the way, uh, in a debate or any kind of di- uh, you know, discussion, whether it's scientific or political, you know, the refuge of a scoundrel when they lack the facts and really haven't got a handle on the issue is name-calling and character assassination. Mm-hmm. So you can see where uh, this uh, doctor, not doctor, he's not even a scientist, this journalist, uh, uh, Brian Deere. He's more or less a freelancer in the pay of the owner of Fox News, the owner of, uh, I guess, the Sunday Times in England. His name is Rupert Murdoch. And uh, this man, obviously, well, what can I say? Uh, this Brian Deere is just relying on uh, on false accusations, not a bit of scientific. And not only that, we have 12 other physicians and scientists who worked independently and unknowing of the work of Dr. Wakefield before he came up with what he found. And I noticed that Mr. Deere doesn't touch them mm-hmm. because think- they're saying exactly the same thing. And, uh, and there is a very powerful letter that, uh, that was sent to the British Medical Journal editor, Fiona Godley, making these very important points. It will be interesting to see if anybody gets a response, because I copied that letter and readdressed it in my own name and sent it off to her and asking, politely asking a, a response. And then after I saw the Vancouver Sun's editorial, guest editorial yesterday, uh, from the Ottawa Citizen, again, attacking Dr. Wakefield, I took the opportunity of making a copy of that letter, sending it off by email to Patricia Graham, who is the editor of the Vancouver Sun, and asking her if she would be so kind as to form a similar letter with the same questions and requesting an answer to this Fiona Godley, editor of the British Medical Journal. Surely she could do no less than that. And if she doesn't, then we know where the Vancouver Sun is coming from. And I'll have plenty to say about that if I don't hear back. Well, I, th- I think that in, 
in terms of this uh, doctor, um, or sorry, not doctor, what's the guy's name? Jo- John Deere? John, Brian Deere. Bra- Brian Deere? Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of him not being a scientist, I don't think that's too much of an issue. Uh, he's a journalist, so I don't think he needs to but be But he scientist. hasn't got the medical background. No, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay, because a lot of people who comment on uh, you know, this kind of a, mm-hmm. an issue don't have a, the medical background. They're, they're just journalists that are commenting on and interviewing people. And, and the problem I see it is that they're, that, you know, natural well, the, news, natural but he has to work resort to slander. Well, a good no, character on. assassination. Hang on. The, the, uh, the issue I see is that in mainstream journalism, uh, journalists are supposed to present a balanced, uh, unbiased perspective. Mm-hmm. And in this case, this is not happening. And he's not in any way proclaiming a bias. Like, okay, for instance, health empowerment news. We are talking about natural solutions. We're talking about uh, health, how, to, how, to, how to take care of your health using uh, vitamins, minerals, and things like that. And I will admit, have I have a bias. A bias. We, I have a bias. We have no a bias, and, and we don't uh, uh, proclaim that we, we don't have a bias. Natural news, Dr. Mercola, all these various websites out there, they mm-hmm. have a bias towards natural medicine. Yeah, the and they're not, they're not hiding that. No. Now, a, a journalist is, who is presenting uh, their, uh, their stories as, as facts or uh, without revealing their bias or, or their, the, the bias of the organization what they're working the for. What about the references? There are mm-hmm. no references in his attack. Yeah, so there's the see that's where I see the problem. Yeah. I don't see the problem necessarily yeah. that he doesn't have a science yeah. background. Uh, well, I'll grant you that. But yeah, but uh, Gary Nell did take him on and recorded uh, uh, Deer's response to his questions, and then uh, what he did was uh, that is Gary Nell then uh, presented uh, Deer's uh, response to Nell's questions uh, to Doctor Wakefield and Doctor Wakefield had the opportunity to uh, to rebut, okay. which is more than the British Medical Journal had, had done. Yeah, so we'll put that on the, the link to that on the show notes. Also, the link to the uh, natural news uh, videos where Dr. Wakefield uh, was given a fair opportunity to yeah. answer his critics yeah. uh, with um, Mike Adams' yeah. uh, natural news. Yeah, and the important thing to remember in all of this is that... Uh, why is Brian Deere just focusing on, focusing on Dr. Wakefield when, like I pointed out, there's at least 12 other uh, health and medical professionals who carried out the same research uh, that Dr. Wakefield carried out, but had carried out prior to what Dr. Wakefield's findings were. So uh, why doesn't uh, Brian Deere include them in his attack, as uh, he has failed to do. Now, there's something very rotten here. And uh, for uh, someone like uh, the editor of the British Medical Journal to overlook that, uh, it just smacks of uh, what else but a conspiracy to destroy somebody. Mm -hmm. Well, Dr. Uh, Sherry Tenpenny, she is... um a uh, medical doctor? She's a medical doctor, and she has come out strongly against vaccines, uh, infant vaccines in particular. And she is uh, she was also interviewed on Natural News recently, mm-hmm. and she is saying that the vaccine industry uh, is basically a, you know, a big moneymaker for, for big pharma. When they make it mandatory, if, excuse me, when they make it mandatory, that is a license to print money because adults, parents, are forced to have their infants vaccinated in many states in the United States and I guess in other countries in the world that like I'm not aware. I don't know that they're mandatory in this province. In France, they're mandatory. Yeah, and the, and the, and the push... To vaccinate is very, very strong right here in, uh, in uh, Vancouver, where we're broadcasting from. Mm-hmm. So what she's saying is that if you, you could cut out 90% of the vaccination that's mm-hmm. taken place, uh, because let's face it, there's, uh, over the years, they've increased the number of, of vac- vaccinations quite, mm-hmm. quite a bit. Yeah. And sh- her solution is that if you get the levels of vitamin D uh, up to optimal levels, then this healthcare problem uh, 
wouldn't exist. Oh, by and the way, people would be healthy. Uh, just to remind you about taking too much vitamin D, and in this case, taking too much vitamin A, and and it happens to be we're dealing with fish liver oil, namely me, uh, mega halibut liver oil. Each capsule contains uh, uh, ten thousand international units of vitamin A, uh, and uh, four hundred international units of vitamin D. My grandnephew, who's now 24, and he's never been vaccinated, by the way, uh, when he was about uh, three years old, uh, got into a brand new bottle, and this is a warning to people, that you should really keep these things out of your children's reach, but it just happened that uh, he got hold of it, thought it was candy, opened up the, the he was able to pull the, the seal off uh, that locks the cap on, take the cap off, and uh, when my niece discovered it, all she could find was about 50 capsules. And as far as she can figure it out, he swallowed at least 100, because there's 180 in that bottle. And they're very small, but, you know, and very easy to swallow. And uh, when she phoned my mother, she says, Grandma, Ryan swallowed all this vitamin A and D. My mom said, what's he doing? Oh, he's in the middle of the floor playing with his toys. Grandma said, forget about it. Don't worry about it. And she didn't. And my, my grandnephew sailed through childhood without any problems at all. And he's a strapping six-footer. And uh, he's a chick magnet. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, and, uh, you know, it's good to see that. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, Dr. Tenpenny, she, she says that true health cannot come from a needle. Injecting people with something to try and keep them healthy is a 200-year mistake. Yeah, and, you know, it, it, it's not only that. What, what's in that uh, vaccine? They've had to take uh, some things out like aluminum, and I don't think they've taken the mercury out of all of the vaccines. I think it's still in this H1N1 flu vaccine. Mm -hmm. This is a neurological poison, and the amounts for an infant are far, far in excess of uh, what uh, would ever be uh, in any rational scientist or physician would want to give to a child. It's a brain poison. And the bottom line is, is that uh, there are other things in those vaccines uh, that uh, the, uh, what you would call emulsified and sort of incubated disease tissue that is supposed to stimulate an immune response relative to the disease that the child is being vaccinated against. I don't like the idea of having pus and uh, decomposed material and otherwise desiccated material from another creature injected into my bloodstream or into my tissues. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, just get into, because um, we're getting to the end of the show here, let's get into the resources and the professionals and, and for people, you know, like myself who are, are going to be having a, a child soon, uh, and have to, are faced with that decision to vaccinate or not to vaccinate, mm -hmm. who would you recommend they see, uh, what, you know, books or, or, or websites, uh, what kind of research should they do so that they, that they know that they're making an informed decision uh, because usually, if you go to your medical doctor, they're just they're going to advise uh, vaccination. Most medical most doctors, doctors will will, yeah. and uh, uh, some will take the attitude. Well, if uh, if you want it, I'll give it to you, but they don't uh, they don't push it. Mm -hmm. And so, there's a few of those around. So yeah. so where can people go? Where they where can they turn to? Well, for the first thing they should do is ask their doctor. Uh, uh, will would they object to not taking uh, the child not being vaccinated? See what they have to say. If they get hostile, then it's time to find another doctor. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and you should say, doctor, I'm in favor of of, of taking vitamins and mineral supplements, and, uh, and th these are our health standards in, in our household. Uh, I want your opinion. Are you in favor of this? Uh, uh, and and if the doctor has some strong criticism, then I would uh, take my business somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Is there any um, any websites or, or uh, studies or anything? Well, kind you of can thing? go to Health Action Network, uh, which is a consumer health uh, organization uh, interested in educating the public about uh, uh, health empowerment. 
taking personal responsibility for your for your your health and your life in effect and uh, they have a, a roster of physicians uh, you can also look in uh, some of these magazines like option or uh, the healing journey and uh, the healing journey journey yeah not journal but ju- Healing journey, yeah. Journey, okay. And uh, and of course, uh, you will find uh, some f- alternative physicians have got their uh, their you know their card up there, if you will, and uh, they're advertising, in other words, and uh, you can check them out. And the uh, what about the Townsend Letter? Yeah, well, there's an excellent journal, the Townsend Letter for Doctors. Uh, uh, I forget what the. Uh, Cost per year. It's a monthly journal. I think it's. Uh, I think it's about. I, I subscribe to it, but I don't even remember. It's fifty dollars like, US. Yes, it's it's something t- like that. Yeah. Even if it was seventy dollars US, it's money well spent. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's uh, written uh, and edited by medical doctors, some of the finest medical doctors in the United States, and I think they have some from Canada as well. I can think of Jonathan V. Wright of the Tahoma Clinic uh, in Renton, Washington. Uh, uh, his colleague, Dr. Alan Gaby, uh, who is a regular contributor. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then, of course, uh, they've had uh, published uh, work by uh, Dr. Abe Hoffer mm-hmm. and uh, and some other... Ralph Moss. Ralph Moss, yes, yeah. uh, and, um, and on and on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what about... Um in terms of studies and and whatnot uh, with autism and things like that and the possible link, uh, any... I would get a subscription to the Age of Autism. You can get it by email. And uh, I would recommend that to get bring you up to speed as to what is going on uh, uh, and uh, what is recommended. And, where, and of course, you'll be really up to date as far as uh, the uh, situation with Dr. Andrew Wakefield and the character assassination that's going on there. Mm-hmm. I would also recommend uh, following um, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's work. And uh, uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, follow her on Facebook. She puts out a lot of information mm-hmm. there uh, about the uh, vaccine industry. and That's very important. And exposing the, the level of actual scientific evidence uh, behind the vaccine mm-hmm. industry and, uh, and, and, what, and, and whether or not these adjuvants and, uh, you know, the mercury and and uh, aluminum and other things in the vaccines have been adequately yeah. studied, which uh, she claims they have not. No, no. Like I said, uh, mandatory vaccinations is a license to plant money. And of course, I have to remind folks, if the vaccines are as safe, never mind effective, as far as I'm concerned, they have to be safe before you'll even consider them being effective because you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. And it boils down to this. If they are so safe, how is it that in the United States, the law is that it's illegal to sue a vaccine manufacturer for injury or death caused by the vaccine? Instead, since 1988, they have had in place a vaccine adverse event reporting system as well as vaccine injury compensation program. Uh, since then, they've spent or paid out over $2 billion for vaccine uh, injury and death. Now, that's an awful lot of money in just since 1988, and this is 2011. An awful lot of money for something that is supposed to be so safe. Uh, and, uh, and of course, the other thing is um, just read the vaccine insert if you're so inclined and see what, they, what is in it and uh, see... Uh, if there is any disclaimer on the part of the vaccine manufacturer with regard to liability. And I think you'll find that uh, there is a a disclaimer uh, regarding liability. And uh, if it was so safe, you would think that that would not be necessary. They don't have a disclaimer on vitamin E and vitamin E and the B vitamins, uh, by example. So uh, why do they have... and? In Canada, yeah, you can sue the vaccine manufacturer, but I think more and more you're going to be seeing that the Canadian government will be taking responsible for liability, which means that uh, you, uh, the taxpayer, is going to foot the bill. Uh, are you paying enough taxes now? <laughs> yes, I believe I am. And I, most Americans think so. 
and yeah. uh, and there it is. Why should uh, and you know if you've got a gold mine, which is what it is when you've got a license to print money in the case of mandatory vaccinations, you're going to fight like he double toothpicks to hang on to that license, and they're going to do everything they can. And I'm sorry to say, I wouldn't be surprised if they stooped to murder, certainly in the case of Dr. Wakefield, character assassination and slander, to keep that license going. And I say this, let them have their uh, their vaccines, but don't make it mandatory. Yeah, yeah. Because you'll soon find out one way or the other what the score is. Yeah, I, I just uh, can't see. I, I, I just don't understand how they could make it mandatory. It would be a violation of, of, uh, of our rights and freedom. Well, it is a violation of, uh, of human rights. And I'm surprised that it's, uh, that in France, that it is mandatory. Uh, you can't yeah. send your child to public school without, without the vaccine. Well, then the answer is to take your kid out of school and do homeschooling. And, uh, and I tell you, I have a, a, a very good friend who is a very strong advocate of homeschooling. As far as he is concerned, this whole system needs to come down, and the only way we're going to do it is to take our children and grandchildren out of school and do homeschooling. And uh, you'll find you can go to uh, Hutterite uh, uh, families. They don't have vaccines, and they have very healthy people, and they do their own homeschooling. And the same thing with uh, other uh, communal groups. Uh, I can think of the Dukabors. I don't know how active they are, uh, in my home territory of the West Kootenays anymore. But there are others, uh, other religious uh, sects that uh, don't go for this sort of thing, and they also are strong on homeschooling. And, uh, and I find that many of these people from these sects have a lot more on the ball politically than uh, those who go to public school. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on that note, I think we will call it a show. And uh, we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of Health Empowerment News with Croft Woodruff. We'll be back again next week. Hope you join us. To join us on the show, call 1-877-636-1474 to leave a comment, question, or suggestion for Health Empowerment News. See you next week.